Welcome to the Walking Down Main Street podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Coasters and Castles Travel. Coasters and Castles Travel has travel advisors in more than 35 states. We call our travel advisors vacation specialists. Our advisors can have specialties from theme park travel, ocean and river cruises, and all-inclusive resort travel. Our advisors travel frequently to better get to know the destinations our guests would like to travel to and regularly keep up with destination training. Our advisors do not charge a planning fee, so it costs our clients no more to book with us than it would to book direct with the supplier. For more information, go to www.travelcnc.com. That's T-R-A-V-E-L-C-N-C.com. For a no-cost, no-obligation quote, we can also be reached by phone at 844-422-8785. Let me introduce everyone. I am Lynn Macalini, co-owner of Coasters and Castles Travel. We also have April Botta, co-owner of Coasters and Castles Travel. Hi, everyone. So excited to be talking travel with you. And then we are also joined by Whitney Maddox. She is a senior vacation specialist with Coasters and Castles Travel. Hello, friends. We will be bringing you an episode each week. We will have topics related to Disney destinations, Universal Studios, SeaWorld, cruising, and fun and sun vacations. We love travel and want to share our experiences with you. Tonight, we are talking about the reopening of SeaWorld Orlando, Our co-host Whitney is not with us tonight. So SeaWorld, Discovery Cove, and Aquatica all opened on June 11th, and April and I attended the SeaWorld Park on Monday, June 15th, and these are all in Orlando. So just want to kind of give you a little bit of a heads up on the preparation you'll need when you're going to go to the park. Uh, You do need to make a reservation, and in order to do that, you do need to have your tickets ahead of time. Your travel advisor can assist you with the tickets and making the reservation. And April, do you want to talk to us about what happens when you arrive at the park? Uh, Yes. So once you have a reservation, you go through. And the first thing you do at the park, once you leave the parking lot, is come up to the medical tent where you go in. And they do have medical personnel in there assuring that you have a face mask. If you don't have a face mask with you or some sort of face covering, then they will give you a disposable mask. And they do take your temperature. And like with the other parks, your temperature does need to be below 100.4 in order to proceed in the park. So you go through, you get your temperature check, and then you go through the security screening where they do metal detectors and they can check your bags. And then you can scan your tickets to get into the park. And they will also scan your reservation. So you can have a printed copy of the email from when you've made your park reservation for that day, or you could show it on your phone just as long as they have the barcode. So let's scan your ticket as well as scan the reservation. Now, if you're an annual pass holder, some annual pass levels do provide you with free guest tickets. So you may get one or two free guest tickets. Guest tickets can't be picked up until the day you're going to use them. So it's not possible to make an advanced reservation for them. But the good thing is, as long as the pass holder has a reservation, your guests don't need one. They will be allowed into the park. It is a little confusing on that part because on the website, it does say that they need a reservation as well. 
we actually went to the park a few days ahead of time to see about getting those tickets. And that's when we learned that. So you'd want to push back with them on that. And then one other note in the medical tent that you go into, that is all staffed by medical personnel. It is not SeaWorld ambassadors or SeaWorld employees. And then one nice thing, even before you enter in the park, they do have a kiosk set up where they're selling face masks. And I did notice in many of the gift shops, they are selling marine life themed face masks. And they were really cute. I believe they started at $9.99. And I think there was a deal if you bought multiples. So they can, you know, you might have a dolphin face or they had ones with sloths on them, not quite marine life, but animal. Uh, They did have whales and uh, different things. So those were really cute. And also in the stores, they were selling um, alcohol, hand sanitizers, as well as packets of rubber gloves. So that's something I hadn't seen before. Mm -hmm. Yep. So we did see a lot of signage while we were there and, and, the one sign that they had that Universal did not have, and I don't think Disney Springs had it. Uh, I didn't go there, but I haven't seen any pictures of it. Is they actually had signs set up that had a gallon of hand sanitizer attached to the sign with a pump on it. And it said hand sanitizing station. So I thought that was pretty interesting that they had that. But they they have a lot of signage everywhere. You want to make sure that you are reading the signs carefully Um, And don't just get complacent thinking, oh, it's just another sign telling me I have to wear a mask. Because we did find along our travels two different relaxation zones where you can go and remove that face mask. So you want to make sure you're reading them. There are also uh, signs that talk about which way to enter and exit stores. Uh, There's lots of signage out there uh, in regards to social distancing And you'll notice that all the different places have different signage, um, very much in the same venue as what Universal has. Their signs for social distancing on the ground are stand here. So I found that was very helpful. They did remind you to wear your mask, wash your hands often. And I noticed this in, in Universal too, and we never talked about it last time, was that half of the sinks in the restrooms are blocked off. Or there's a sign above them saying, do not use for social distancing. You know, you you do want to be wary of that so that you may see an empty sink. If there's somebody next to you, pretty much you're not going to want to go there. And one other thing in talking about reading the signs, I noticed when you went to ride Infinity Falls, which is the new water raft ride in SeaWorld, the sign says, do not wear a face mask. Mm -hmm. So there's a catch. You know, you definitely want to read the signs because they could be telling you one or the other to Lynn's point. And um, most of them say wear a mask, but there are some signs out there in which you don't have to. And I think that one is important because it's telling you not to because they don't want you wearing that on there and then drowning. So I know we were told that uh, by one of the pool people at Universal that it was like being waterboarded. So you don't want to be waterboarded when you go down a water ride that you're going to get drenched on. We also definitely saw some ride sanitation and it was different based on the ride. So with Universal, all they do is they give you the hand sanitizer before you get on the ride. That's what they're doing. Um, With SeaWorld, uh, several of the rides that we did had hand sanitizer that you had applied before you got on. And with them, they actually had hand sanitizer throughout the queue lines as well. So that was kind of interesting. But there was some rides that all they did was they were sanitizing the seats. It may be a little different. Uh, doesn't make it better. Doesn't make it worse. It's just they just may be handling that a little differently. 
Now, I, I don't know, you know, what people were expecting when it came to the shows, um, but I was really impressed in how they handled those they shows. They did a great job with it. They really did. You know, it still was a pretty efficient process. Mm-hmm. And you felt safe. I mean, still with the parks, I can really consistently say I have felt safe being in the parks, being in Orlando, as safe as I would at home. Right. It hasn't been an issue. Um, so one of the things we noticed is that the ride times, and not show ride times, the show times are all exactly the same. So I did notice now I, I'm a huge whale fan. Uh, killer whales are definitely my jam. And they don't call Shamu Shamu anymore. They're now uh, addressing all the, the killer whales by their actual names. And they had been talking about having a new show. The, the last show, The One Ocean, was a temporary show. And so this was supposed to be a new one coming out. And so now they have that show. And they do use all of the, the, um, the names of the individual whales. But you don't see the word Shamu anywhere. Um, it may have been on a towel in a, in a shop. I didn't look there. But the stadium, the Shamu Stadium, is now Orca Stadium. Uh, Dine with Shamu, which is not currently open from what we can tell. Um, that one there was Dine with Orca, Orcas. So Shamu, the name seems to have disappeared. Um, and, and, you know, and that's neither a good thing nor a bad thing. It's kind of a nostalgic thing because for me, I've seen the show so many times that I think of Shamu, you know, and, and this, the show is great. I really enjoyed it. Um, we only got to two of them. We, I wish we could have done more, but we didn't have quite enough time. Yeah. So they run the shows three times a day, but all of them say are at like 12 o'clock between the Orca show, the Sea Lion show, and the Dolphin show. And then I think they did 2.30 and then 4 o'clock. Right. So that way it gives everyone an opportunity to see every show, but it helps to disperse the crowd. So, you know, again, it makes you feel comfortable. So you get to see the show, but you're still social distancing. So I think that was a really smart way to do it. Right. And I loved how they did the bleachers because mm-hmm. all those stadiums have bleachers. So as you go down, each row is indicated whether you can sit in that row or not. And then the ones you can sit in, every three feet, there is a marker. And it's a it's a good, I would say, four to five inch square that says three feet, the three with the, the apostrophe. And so you knew that, you know, if you had another party sitting next to you, you just want to make sure there's two of those, it's like a blue colored block in between you and the person and the, in the party between you. So I thought that was really, mm-hmm. really helpful to have that. And then when you left, they would actually dismiss you. Uh, I think when we were coming in, they actually told us, okay, you can sit in this yes. section. You didn't necessarily just choose where you wanted to sit like you used to. Although we did some of that when we were coming in. Yeah. I'm thinking I mean, the more of the dolphin, I think. Um, but the dolphin one was the dolphin. We didn't see sea dolphin. Lion. Sea lion show. We, we kind of were told where to sit because we came in on the top of that one. But with the, uh, the, the, the killer whale one, we, we picked our own section. And then when you leave, they have somebody with a colored flag. And they dismiss different sections based on the colored flag at a time. And in some cases... Even the the ambassador will stand at the row they want to empty. And so you know you can go for that row. So it was very well organized as far mm-hmm. as coming in and going out. Um, you didn't really get too close to other people, even in the loading and unloading time period. Right. And they did say when we were leaving the Sea Lion show that, I mean, they're still getting used to all these processes, but... Um, they did say that it can vary as far as how they dismiss people, depending on the crowd. Because if you do have people that are in wheelchairs or scooters, it's going to change kind of the flow of things. So it kind of will vary each time, but 
it was really efficient. Yeah. It was fine. I mean, it takes a few extra minutes to get out of the stadium, but it's not that big a deal. I you mean, know, again, you were safe, you were distant, and it may have taken you weren't that, that much anyway. of a rush. Exactly. So you now, now you're going to waiting on your butt, waiting for them. Yeah. Instead of standing up waiting, and then I always get a little nervous standing and waiting in those bleachers because they're so steep. Mm. So I never like that anyway. So I'm happy to sit down yeah. and wait for my turn. I, I thought it was fine because otherwise you're just waiting in line, waiting for people to move. So yep. Um, so we did notice that for the animal animal exhibits, and we didn't even get to do not even a quarter of them. And we really we only really went into that one place. Um, I think we were because we're travel advisors. We were looking at all the things that could impact our clients' stay. And taking pictures and taking video and, and things like that, so that when it actually came to doing it, doing some of the things we would want to do, we didn't necessarily have the time to to see all the, the things we would want to see. So we're definitely going to go back in July when we come down. The annual exhibits, we knew, did notice that the dolphin experience, which is where you can feed the dolphins, was open, but the stingray experience was not. So I know we had one person at our party that was disappointed. Okay. And then, um, I know we, I only did one ride. I did the infinity falls ride. Um, but your son did a ton of, he did, but I noticed on the raft rides, it seemed like even though the rafts can accommodate more people, they were limiting it to one party, one travel party per raft ride. So that did cause longer wait times. And I think that's one of the biggest things with this and and with any of the parks is going to be the common denominator is there could be longer wait times because people are spaced out. And with the rides, I know he noted that they were really kind of filling every other row in on the ride vehicles, depending on the size of the party. Sometimes they were doing like front row and the back row, leaving the middle open. So that is taking more time to try to get people onto the ride. It's not eating up the crowd as much as a normal circumstance. And even though, I mean, the crowd, I say crowd, but it wasn't like, you know, tons of people. It was very comfortable attendance. But you did. We did see longer times, I think, for the rides, and that was simply because they were some of the rides. They were sanitizing them in between, so that takes time. I know one ride that he was waiting on. He said it was almost even five minutes that he was waiting from when they unloaded to loading the next guests because they were sanitizing the ride in between. So be Last mindful. Ride. I know. So that's a big thing. Is with any of the parks, if you're going to be visiting during this time period, is you just really have to pack your patience. Yeah, we can't emphasize that enough. Just pack your patience and, you know, just be open. I mean, for me, I'm just appreciative to be in the park. So anything else is cake at this point. But it is going to take a little bit of time. So don't be scared by the long wait times. And it also can depend on the rides because I know there was one ride, I think, didn't we see like a wait time of 20 minutes, but then it turned out to be longer. Mm -hmm. And that was, again, because of the loading, unloading, because of the different size of parties, not every ride is the same. Right. So the time can be varied depending on the party sizes and that type of thing. One tip we do want to share is if you are going, try to get your water rides done earlier in the day. Especially when it's this really is not hot. COVID related, but you know, just a little tip because we went on Infinity Falls probably around 11, 1130. Yeah. Right around that area. Cause I know we were talking about the lounge opening a little bit later. Yeah. And when we came out afterwards there was a good size line and we pretty much walked onto the ride when we did it there wasn't much waiting at all and it's a long queue line and that's another thing to think about as well is that the queues are pretty long Mm -hmm. for normal capacity 
And now you have your six foot distance between people. Mm-hmm. And especially where the cues go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. We've noticed that you may, your cue line, the, the line that you're standing on in the queue may not be six feet from the person, from the next one in front of you. It might be 12 or more because to your right or your left, there may be another party that's in that middle piece. So they're keeping you six feet from the parties that are in the other rows as well as in your row. Right. I mean, it really is. It's taken a lot of thought of when you go through these queue lines and you see how they're marked off, like the thought that went into figuring out, okay, I've got to be six feet front to back, but six feet left to right as well. It's that's a lot of effort. And so kudos to them for getting it all mapped out because I, I just would see that as a huge headache yeah, <laughs> and I'm sure they didn't necessarily enjoy it, but they did it and they've done a very, very good job with it. Definitely. Definitely. So we, uh, we had, um, we actually purchased refillable cups in the morning for the Coke freestyle machine. And I'm going to put a plug in here. I am a seltzer or sparkling water drinker and the universal Coke freestyle um, machines in the parks do not have the start the tiny sparkling, so it's kind of a bummer for me. Um, but SeaWorld does, so I was all excited because I could finally get my drink there. But we got the refillable cups, and they do have deals if you buy multiples, so it actually costs you a little bit less. And you can bring them back year after year after year, or time after time after time, and pay either the five ninety nine. And prices are always subject to variance. But you can pay the five ninety nine to have free refills the rest of the day, or unlimited refills the rest of the day is better wording. Or you can choose nine nine cents per refill. So for me, I'd probably be better off with the nine nine cents per refill because I have trouble drinking three cans of seltzer in a day. Never mind, you know, you know, four or five bottles. That's a pretty big bottle there. Right. So and then um, and then the, the the same thing with the popcorn buckets. If you have one of their popcorn buckets, you can get refills for a cheaper price. But they have a new way of doing it. So when you're going to go fill your cup, because again, we want to be safe and we're not looking for any cross-contamination. They want to touch your stuff. You don't want them touching your stuff. Whenever you're going to fill your cup or your popcorn bucket with your cup, they give you a disposable cup to fill. And then you pour your disposable cup into the souvenir cup. Mm -hmm. And the popcorn, they give you a bag of popcorn that you can put into your bucket. So therefore, your item isn't coming in contact with their machine. And you're not running in the risk of coming in contact with anyone else yeah. by that. So uh, it works very well. So, but that's a neat little thing. Just want to, we didn't do it this time. I've done it in the past. Um, but for anyone that is accustomed to having a dining plan, not everyone knows it. They do have a SeaWorld dining plan. So it may or may not be what's in your best interest. It's something you want to take a look at. Um, but I, honestly, we can't wait to go back. We Absolutely. had a great time there. Um, we definitely want to be able to check out some more of the animal exhibits because we're both animal lovers. So, right. And most things were open. Journey to Atlantis wasn't open. I don't know if that was due to COVID or if it's in refurb right now or what, but that ride wasn't open. Uh, there were restaurants and some of the gift shops that weren't open, but in majority of things were open in the park. Yeah. And the other, certainly the big headlining attractions definitely were open. Yeah. So, oh, the big sky tower was not open. Yes. That was another big one. Um, but that yeah, and there was in, in all the stores, you want to be careful going in and out of the stores because it can be a little confusing. They have small circles on them. They say enter or do not enter or exit, do not enter. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, because we, we're just not used to looking at the ground to find Still out whether not. to come in yet. Um, 
it's hard. So you just want to make sure that you do look at that stuff so that you can do what's in the, the best interest. They opened Sesame Street Land last year. Mm-hmm. Um, that was open. We did go over there. We went to Mr. Hooper's store. We did. It's so cute. You you have to check it out. You know, even as an adult, it's still cute because it's nostalgic. I mean, I'm old, but I grew up watching Sesame Street. So it's all familiar. And you could still do a lot of the activities. So that was nice because I know right now in, you know, COVID concern, many activities, interactive activities don't work for many areas. You could still, you know, you could push the button and it did this. Or it didn't could- work for us. Oh, and, and we, we did like, it. We did uh, Oscars can. Yeah, no, we did it. We like yeah. did the door. The you know you push the numbers for the um on the what my words are not working for me on the door like the doorbells and like Grover spoke and mm-hmm. oh yeah and so no those worked. That's not fair. And then the monsters worked and I know my son was he created a monster that showed up on the board over here and um so no a lot of the interactions. Yeah, no, but definitely well, that's not fair. We need to go back. <laughs> well, we will. We'll definitely go back, and we'll go play in Sesame Street Land some more. Um, so. I didn't see any meet and greet though. So when we were in Mister Hooper's store, that does go kind of the back to where you meet Elmo. Okay. And so I don't know if we were there too early in the day because that was before the Orca show. So it may have been too early. I don't know if any of the characters were going to make appearances. And I know they regularly run a parade. I thought I heard they were still running it. I don't know for sure. We didn't see the parade. So yeah. I can't say for sure if the parade is going or not. Um, but do we definitely need to check it out. very limited hours. It's 10 to 5. So we were there pretty much those hours. Um, yeah, right to the end. Oh, and you know, I just remembered Wild Wild Arctic. That wasn't running. Yes. We didn't make it in there to see the, the critters, but... Yeah. We did hear that that yeah, show the ride was part of Wild Arctic yeah. was down, but you could still go see the beluga whales and the walruses. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and the penguins, the penguin ride. Oh, penguin down. ride. You was can down, go yeah. in and see the penguins, yeah. but the ride itself wasn't running. Yeah. So there were some things not running, but it honestly didn't take away from the experience because you can still have the animal interactions, which is for me the most important thing because I don't do most of the rides anyway. So yeah, I do some of the rides, but I. I didn't miss them. I don't care about the rides as much there. No, I, I care more the about animals. the animals. I just, uh, I'm a little bummed we didn't get to the dolphin show, but there's no way I could have walked that fast. Yeah. We were just no. too far away from Dolphin Stadium, so. Next time. Yeah. Next definitely. time. So definitely, overall, I'd say it was a great day. I think SeaWorld has done a good job with it. Yeah. And, you know, we were very comfortable. It was, a you know, a smooth running day. So this is exciting. Yeah, it is. And it starts to feel like life is coming back a little bit. Um, and and honestly, you know, we want to be down here to support these, you know, parks. Um, we'll be coming down in July for Disney. And uh, we'll see what we can get with that with the reservation system. We're not sure yet. Um, we may or may not. Uh, we don't have anything else planned as far as another bonus episode between now and then. We're going to be gone, coming down for June 11th. But who July. knows? I mean, we may do another one on you know, the reservation system when that comes up. Um, so we'll, we'll definitely um, share some more as we can. Just want to wish you all a good night. Thank you. Just a reminder to be sure to check out the Walking Down Main Street blog. Many of the agents from Coasters and Castles Travel write articles and share fun information. That can be found on walkingdownmainstreet.com or by searching Walking Down Main Street on Facebook. We would love to hear from you. 
If there is a topic you would like to have us talk about, please feel free to email us at info at travelcnc.com. That's T-R-A-V-E-L-C-N-C.com. A quick note about our sponsor, Coasts and Castles Travel is a full-service travel agency that specializes in Disney destinations, Universal Studios, SeaWorld, ocean and river cruises, and all-inclusive resorts. The agency has been awarded the authorized Disney Vacation Planner status and the You Preferred Partner Program with Universal Studios. The agency was also honored with the President's Award with Travel Leaders in 2019. Minutes are precious, so until we meet again, enjoy them with your friends and family. 